to God be the glory. Welcome to the God Country Coffee Podcast. Every and every Friday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And now, from Seguin, Texas, and other places around the world, your host, Jose Roberto Alaniz Jr. To God be Romans 8 and 18, from suffering to glory. For I consider that the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Hello, folks. Jose, and it's Friday night, and it's 1900, and I got to find a different way to start that off because I don't really care about um, the coffee part, although the coffee is a big part of our ministry. Um, Welcome. It's the God Country Coffee Podcast. It's 1900. Um, We um, don't really know what direction I'm going in today. Uh, There's a few people that may pop in uh, as we go. There's about five or six people who have the uh, link to to join in. And um, but I was a little bit unprepared because I was trying to get my friend Mark, who has done my my um, uh, intro for quite some time now. Um, and you, you know, if you've ever, everybody who's ever been on the podcast has heard, um, Mark do the intro. So, uh, first thing I'm going to say is, uh, I'm going to address the elephant in the room and the elephant in the room is me. And so after the podcast, uh, special edition that we did with Frank, uh, last week, uh, my wife who has never once in our entire married life, Hey Frank. Uh, told me anything about my weight, said, um, look at the video, go back and look at the video. And so I did. And um, I mean, I'm like a double D here. And so um, I had a doctor one time ask me if my man boobs bothered me. And I'm like, well, not till you said something about it, uh, but they do now. Um, one of the things that my son used to do all the time, he used to rub my stomach and uh, he did it so often and so awkwardly that it made me self-conscious. And so JC kind of stayed on top of my case uh, that way. Uh, But now just for the sake of uh, accountability, I'm going to share that with all of you uh, because I am uh, way too fat for my frame. I've been working out at Goodfellow Air Force Base. We've been going up on the fire tower, which is about 14 flights of stairs. I don't know, about 140, 150 feet up in the air uh, with my backpack full of tools. And I have to stop about halfway because I'm wheezing and I can't catch my breath. And and um, it's just been a terrible, um, terrible experience. Um, I need to check these other things real quick while you, well, before we get really, really, really rolling, really, really, really rolling. Um, just in case we're getting any... Um, comments and stuff. And I just, I just need to, um, turn the volumes off. And, uh, we are definitely doing this all improv tonight. Um, and so let's see, where's my overview. There we go. Oh, I don't know how to do that. Live chat. That's what we want to see. Okay. And then I got to go to my God country, um, to my personal page. Give me one second. I'm sorry. I'm usually 
Well, I'm usually this disorganized. I've been this disorganized for a while and I have no excuses, but um, I promise you that, uh, that we will get better at doing this. And so there we go. So now, now I can see um, everything there. And uh, yeah. Okay. Live chat. We're up. So anyway, people say stuff besides Frank. Um, I will see their comments. And so uh, welcome. Um, what a blessing this week has been. It hasn't been easy. Um, I've had some days that were really, really hard for me. Um, I've been doing really well as far as my grief goes. And I um, I just got to tell you that, uh, hang on, let me see here who's sending me messages because I don't always see them. If you haven't done this before or um, let me pull this up over here too so I can see it over here because that's a lot easier. There it is. Uh, let's see. I don't know how to do that. Maybe if I just go to the page, I can pull up the um, the live video. All right? Somebody? You could tell me. Maybe I know. Maybe I don't. Um, so it's not going into this page. And I'm not sure why. Oh, maybe that's because that's the wrong. That's not my page. Hey, there you go. How about that? Now we're cooking with gasoline. Okay. I think we're cooking with gasoline. Uh, yep. Okay, sweet. So, uh, <laughs> hey, Jeff, if you want to use that that um, link, man, you can join me on screen. I can put you on uh, if you want to. You don't have to, but if you wanted to. Um, so one of the, I was trying to do some scripture uh, ahead of time here. Um you know, just to sort of um, lead this in a direction that I wanted to go. Um, you know, Pastor, uh, the our, our music pastor, from he's a music director and pastor of our church. Uh, I sent you a link in your messenger. All you got to do is click on it, and it'll pop you into to the bottom down here. Um, anyway, he told me about this grief ambush. And the grief ambush is uh, where you're just trucking along and everything's good. And all of a sudden, like, boom, you get you get tripped up from behind. And um, and that happened a couple of times this week. Both times it happened. I was extremely exhausted. I hadn't been sleeping. Um, and I was kind of uh, the last few hours before it kind of hit. I was by myself um, driving back from San Angelo and it just kind of like boom. And then everything hurt. Every song hurt every, you know, thought in my mind. Um, and I'm going to say this, you're going to hear me say it till you're sick of hearing me say it is grief, regret, guilt, uh, all those things that are, they're not of God. It's the enemy that's attacking us. He's trying to remind us of our sin. He's trying to remind us, you know, why we should be re regretful. The, the thing is, God doesn't keep track of that stuff. He doesn't remember any of it. 
Um, and so, um, I guess I skipped around a little bit, but what I was telling y'all with my fat originally is that I got to lose some weight. And so I'm making myself accountable. So let me finish that thought. <laughs> and, uh, I'm going to bring my friend on here in just a minute. Um, uh, actually I, I want to explain how great our God is because if you don't know, if you've not surrendered your life and you haven't submitted to God's will, how do you know? Well, you, well, you got to pray about it. And then the Holy Spirit will fill you and you'll know uh, because it you're never the same. And so one of the, you know, one of the things that led to my son um, praying to receive Christ was that he saw a difference in me. Um, his dad, who he's known his whole life and, you know, at 25 years old or whatever, he he's like, Dad, I, I can tell that something's different with you. And so... Um, you, you pray about it. And there, there's no specific, the Bible says uh, in John, the famous, everybody knows John 3, 16, that uh, God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son. Um, and whoever shall call on his name shall be saved. Everybody knows that one. Everybody. So that's basically all you do. Now, there's a whole bunch of stuff in Romans. Uh, it's called the Roman road to salvation that you can read. And one of them is um, the... Uh, all men fall short of the glory of God. Basically, we all sin. Uh, but And the wages of sin are death. Uh, and it says that in black and white. It doesn't mean that you die. It means that your, your old self, this pre-Christ surrendered carcass, dies to the world and you're reborn in Christ with the Holy Spirit in you. And so uh, those things are... Uh, all in Romans. And then it talks about, you know, the, the promise of everlasting life um, is what we receive. And so um, a lot of things I know I've been talking about JC's mom uh, coming to Christ at his memorial. What a blessing is that? Um, and, th and that's just going to grow. She's going to continue to grow. Um, and, and that's, you know, she's going to grow in her faith. Uh, and then she wants to get baptized, same place that we baptized JC. And I think that's going to help her quite a bit, you know, grow and, and get closure and, and things of that nature. You know, it's much harder on a mother. I don't care what any of you say. Um, it's a lot harder on a mother than, than it would be on a father. I, I love my son just as much as she did, but I didn't carry him in my, in my, you know, body for nine months. And so, uh, and, and men and women grieve differently. So um, anyway, um, I want to read something and then I'm going to bring my friend, one of my shipmates on. And I was telling you all this backstory because of this. So Jeff and I probably haven't talked to each other since we were on the ship. And even then, I don't know if we talked to each other that much on the ship, but God is so incredibly awesome that he brings people together. And I just, I just read that the other day. In fact, I think I shared it with him. Uh, there's a verse that says, uh, when you surrender, you 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 get into the light where God is in the light, right? He is the light. When you get there, you're in communion with other people that are in the light. And so uh, Jeff did a post the other day about his testimony, and I reached out immediately in a private message because I'm like, man, that's it. He's He gets it. And so us like-minded people, we, we have to stay together on that. Um, we always have to pray together. Um, 
I'm going to hit one scripture before I bring him on, and that's going to be Romans 8 and 18. Uh, you've probably heard me already do this. So I'm going to do it several times. Uh, For I consider that the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with to the glory which shall be revealed in us. All right. So I'm going to bring Jeff on stage. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm pretty sure we haven't uh, spoken in 30 years at least. Uh, yeah, I'd say it's probably something close to that. I mean, um, <laughs> I, I left I left Truett in, I guess it was 1993, 4, 5, something like that. Um, I went to recruiting duty and stayed on shore for, for three years, went back to the fleet for a year, and then got out. So... Um, yeah, it's, it's probably been somewhere around the early, early to mid nineties. Um, and, 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 you know, you were down in the hole and I was, I was up, you know, in the nosebleed seat. So we didn't, you know, interact that much, but no. you know, I, I mean, we knew each other, um, yeah. obviously, but, um, but yeah, you were, you were an engineer and I was a, a, a scope dope. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, back in those days, those last days, we were we were steaming every week. Yeah. It was always so underway. We literally never got out of the hole. I mean, we were always down there. Um, but, um, you know, was, you've heard everything that I've that I've already said. There's I, I've been in Romans. I love Romans. Uh, it's one of the probably about the third book that I got into when I first started reading my Bible. And and I had a pastor that, that had some wise counsel for me when I first started reading the Bible, because I was raised Catholic, so I've been around it a little bit, but he's like, man, you know, start your Bible over, start from the New Testament, and then and work your way around there a little bit, and then and then let's talk, and then read some more, and we'll talk some more. And so um, I spent a lot of time in James and Romans, Ephesians, uh, and Luke, and I like Luke of all the uh, Gospels because uh, Luke was a very educated man. He wasn't like some, you know, he wasn't just somebody. Uh, and I, there's nothing against, I mean, God chose these men uh, for a reason. So they were special in their own right. But Luke was an educated man before he started uh, and, you know, doing the scripture. And then he was really good friends with Paul. And so even though Paul wrote uh, most of the epistles in the New Testament, uh, it was Luke who actually pinned him because after um, Paul, Saul was blinded and he became Paul, um, it, the Bible says that he had trouble with his eyes for the rest of his life. And so uh, they actually went and got Luke uh, on one of his missionary trips. And then Luke stayed with him for the rest of his life. And Luke was actually in, you know, visit him in jail and, and was taking down, you know, stuff that Paul was writing. So, um, I really enjoy Luke. Um, and then, and then of course, I mean, there's nothing I, that I don't like about, but everything that Paul uh, wrote, just because I believe he spent time with, you know, with God before he started his ministry. But um, it just never ceases to amaze me how far his reach is. And we always try to put God in a box, you know, well, some things God can't do, some things he can't do, but look, you and I haven't spoken in 30 years and, nope. uh, and you know, we're on the same page. And so, uh, do me a favor. Just tell me a little, tell us a little bit about yourself 
And I'd like to know about your about your walk aside from the testimony that you that you posted. But I'd like to know about your 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 walk with Christ. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I was I was born and raised in a in a Baptist family, mostly. You know, I had a, a few uh, relatives, um, uh, uncles that you know were were ministers, and you know. Um, that's how that's how my family was we were you know southerners from you know the mid-atlantic you know north carolina south carolina area and so good southern baptist and that's how i was raised and um and then as i got older you know being a teenager and being rebellious and whatnot we we tend to to push away from you know authoritarian type um you know guidance in in our lives and and um and I and I did exactly that, and then I joined the Navy, and you know was was off and running, you know, um, <laughs> in the service. The only reason I went to church and boot camp is so I could get out of working out. Um, <laughs> and um, um, you know, but always felt at, at every point of my life that I was always connected somehow. Um, but I was like, even as I grew up and 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 I got married. You know, um, I converted from being a Baptist to a Catholic. I was never baptized, so I was baptized as a Catholic in the, I don't know, in the mid-90s after I got out of the service. Um, and so, you know, I followed the Catholic faith and I, I, um, for, for quite, a, quite a while. Um, and I, as much as it kind of freed me from some of the hellfire and brimstone that I was taught as a Southern Baptist, you know, don't drink, don't smoke, don't eat anything bad for you. You're going to hell every day of your life. You're going to hell. You're going to hell. You're going to hell. And and so when I became a Catholic, it kind of freed me a little bit from that. But I still never felt truly energized. Um, and um, and I, you know, and I would go and I would go to church and I would see what I saw, what I would call is the Sunday Catholics or the Easter Catholics or, you know, and, and, and it was like everybody was super religious when it was really important times to be religious. And then, you know, the, the, the mass would would uh, would empty out the rest of the year and then it would get really busy again. Did I lose you? Oh, we're good I'm here. OK. Um, you know, and so the rest of the year, it seemed like, you know, the, 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 the holiday Catholics weren't, weren't always there and it kind of just rubbed me wrong. And, and I never really, um, left, left the church or left the faith. Uh, so, so to speak, I've always still believed, but I was what I consider to be one of those holiday Catholics or one of those holiday Christians that I, 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 I typically, only, you know, asked God for something when it was something I needed, you know, and I, and I walked on the fringe of, you know, the light. And, um, um, this past summer I, I started going to a Methodist church. I live in Southwest Florida, um, between, you know, in the Naples, Fort Myers area. Um, but I started going to this, this Methodist church and there was there were so many things that between the way I was brought up as a Baptist and the way I learned as a Catholic that it kind of it kind of was a 
a happy medium between the two of a very traditional Baptist um, method and, and also a very, a lot of things like taking the Eucharist and, and uh, receiving communion and stuff like that were done in a very Catholic way. So I felt very comfortable and, and it kind of reignited, um, you know, my, my desire to, to be in, in faith. And, um, um, you know, all along this, the whole reason that I posted what I posted the other day that you saw was that, that I had started to, to grow again in that desire. Um, and, um, um, but from a physical standpoint, I was having, I was having, um, problems that I wasn't understanding. I was, um, starting to have heart problems and I just didn't put two and two together you know, the shortness of breath, not being able to walk up a flight of stairs, you know. Um, but I was active. I was out hiking and walking and running and playing soccer. And, and even all along, I was still having heart problems. And I just didn't know I could have died at any one of those moments. Um, I never had a heart attack. But then I started having, you know, all of these symptoms. And so I started having tests run. And it was like every test confirmed that there was something wrong and something wrong and something wrong and something wrong. I went into the hospital to get a, a stent procedure. They were just going to open my arteries up. Hopefully, that was the plan. And, um, and, and it turned out that when I got there and they ran the final test and they said, no, we've got much, much bigger issues. Uh, you're not going home. We're not going to be able to stent your arteries. You're having triple bypass surgery. And you're having it. This was on a Monday. And then they said, you're having it Wednesday morning. Um, and it was like, you know, the, uh, you're not going home. You know, it was like deer in the headlights. Um, and you feel like the carpet just got snatched out from underneath you and the doctors are saying, Oh, it's routine. It's not something to worry about. It's, but it's something for me to worry about because it's not routine for me. <laughs> you know, um, you do it a hundred times a day or a hundred times a month or whatever. It's routine for you, but I don't get my heart worked on routinely um yeah and so it it um you know it kind of shocked a little bit it, it left me floored but it was it was the it was the time afterwards it was the month two months three months since i've had surgery it was three months ago on wednesday that i had surgery um and that's what kind of spurred me to to post that it's like how far have i come in just three months um, physically, but what was the miracle, you know, what was truly the miracle was that, you know, that, that somebody was given the skill and the expertise, you know, to make that a routine surgery for me, um, to save my life. And, um, and so that's what kind of spurred it all on is, you know, there are other, there are other aspects to the things that I'm going through right now, but that was the big one. And it made me just say, you know what, I'm not finished on this earth. I've got work to do. Yeah. It, you know, I, uh, never in a million years, in fact, 35 days ago, I wouldn't have told you. Um, I mean, I, I felt like I was being called to the ministry, uh, because I started taking, you know, I started taking ministry classes at Wayland Baptist. Um, I was taking business courses 
because I was in the, I was under chapter 32 voc rehab uh, from the VA, but I, I wasn't, you know, I, I was in an online business course with a Justin Charpentier um, fellow, you know, veteran that's uh, in one of the big veteran groups on Facebook. And I was learning more from him than I was the, the uh, business courses. And so I really started focusing on my ministry classes because I was getting a minor in Christian ministries. And the more I got into it, the more I knew that's where I was supposed to be. And then every time I go to church, man, I'd have this like unbelievable, weird pull, you know, up to the pulpit. And, and I don't think it's to preach, but I just felt this draw, like he's drawing me, you know, and yeah. And eventually I had to, I had to talk with my pastor and I'm like, Hey, I don't know what's going on here, but like every time I'm in there, it doesn't matter if you're preaching or if David's preaching or whoever's preaching, but I, I'm being drawn. And, um, and then right about that time, the VA pulled my funding because they said that uh, they weren't going to support anymore. Even though I tried to change my major to Christian ministries because my coffee business is a ministry and they wouldn't do it. And so they cut me off and I was telling my pastor about it. And he's like, well, I don't care. We're, I'm going to pay for you to finish your seminary. And so uh, that was God saying, hey, dude, you're you're going to do this. You're in the right place. <laughs> Yeah, because this is what I want. And it's not, you know, I've had to learn in the last 30 some days that it it, it has little to do with me. It, you know, the grief that I'm going through, the pain that I'm feeling, it, that, what, that what has to do with is what God's doing with that death that I can't even begin to explain. Uh, yep. No, I, I, you know, I, I do understand that from a, from a different perspective. I could never imagine you know how it would feel i mean i have a i have a 30 year old son and a 32 year old daughter i could never imagine how that would feel to to have one of them take their life or you know to to be taken away even if it was in a car accident or something you know right it would it would be it would be soul crushing and and you know it it always um you know really blows my mind how um, I had a friend two or three years ago, his son was killed on a motorcycle accident five minutes after leaving home. Um, oh. and, um, you know, he was 18 years old in his senior year in high school. And, and, um, the way he dealt with it was, was just unbelievable, you know? And, um, I, I could, I can just never imagine that kind of grief. I, I can tell you, Jeff, and this is just uh, this is probably throwing way too much of my personal life out there. But uh, this one time, my wife, Connie, and I, uh, she decided that we, and Connie doesn't do counseling. Uh, and she decided that we were going to go to counseling. And so she picked the counselor. She told me where, what time and where to show up. And I did. And so we went into this counselor and she talked to me and then she talked to Connie and then she talked to both of us. And she looks the square in the eyes and she said, well. I'm going to just give you a few, you know, uh, analysis that I've done just talking to you guys here this few minutes. And she looks at me and she said, you're emotionally, you're the female. And she looks at Connie and she says, emotionally, you're the male. And so uh, I was like, well, great. You know, now I feel much better about myself. Thank you. And, um, and then, you know, and then, but you know, 
thinking about that and, and knowing over the years that Connie has traditionally been the strong one at different junctures in my life. When my uncle died, when my dad died, when my other uncle died, when my, when my cousin who was more like my brother died, um, you know, my wife was the one who was the rock that I was leaning on and I was a mess. And, uh, and I wasn't saved until, you know, after dad died, he was the last one, almost the last one. And so, uh, when dad died, I stayed in a bottle for 20 some days. I mean, that's, that's what I knew to do. And so, um, to be able to, the first three or four days, Connie carried the whole family. I was numb. I didn't really know, um, you're like, no, nah, you'll walk through the door. It's going to be okay. It's a, you're in denial. You're in yeah, you, so you many different. And, you know, you see his body and, and still I'm like, but, but this can't, this can't be real. This can't be, you know, what's happening. Um, and then after about the fourth to fifth day before the, you know, about five days before the, uh, we had to wait a week before we could do the, the memorial. And, um, that's when it, you know, when it actually hit, like he, he's gone. I don't, I don't get to call him anymore. I don't get to text him. I don't get to talk to him. And, and then I wrote his eulogy. It took me about four days to write. And on the way to the funeral home, I couldn't even read it. I was so torn up. And uh, my wife's like, don't worry about this. I'll walk up there with you. And, and, uh, and wherever you stop, I'll pick up and we'll, we'll be fine. And I got up there and I delivered the eulogy with strength and conviction. And it wasn't me, had nothing to do with me. Uh, had everything to do with what God was already doing with my son, you know, uh, in just a few days after his death. And so um, it's really hard to explain. The last couple of days have been pretty rough for me. Um, I've been exhausted. I haven't been sleeping, you know. I travel for work, working on military bases and sleep in hotels. And sometimes I get sleep and sometimes I don't. And two nights ago, there was, I don't know, a bunch of kids in the hallway making rackets. So I didn't sleep. And uh, then coming home, I was so exhausted and it just kind of like hit me. You know, I let that grief uh, ambush come in. And uh, the, the problem with I have with grief is that grief is a mixture of emotions, right? It's anger. It's fear. It's, yep. um, in, in my particular case, there's some regret and some guilt, but you know, those things don't come from God. No, they, uh, and, they're, and they're, and they're actually, you know, they're actually sinful to think that way because you're, when you feel that you're supposed to, you're supposed to take that and turn it over, you know, to God yeah. and let him carry that burden for you. And when you, when you hold those, emotions and those feelings in you're actually being sinful. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's been, uh, I can't, it's a miracle. As all I can tell you is that it's miraculous in the sense that I know me, I know my emotions, you know, I can't even, uh, sit through the national anthem without crying. I mean, it just, yeah, I mean, it just starts dripping, you know, and my wife's like, come on. When's you know? your birthday? When's your Mine birthday? In February. Oh, so you're not a Cancerian then. 
Because no. that's you know that's me. I'm you know, and I'm I'm an emotional cancerian. I wear my emotions a little bit too close to the surface sometimes. Yeah, it. it uh, but you know, he's just done so much. I mean, I don't know how I am praising God at the lowest part of my life, except that he's put that on me, you know, and he's so incredible. He's so loving and so giving that it doesn't matter what we're going through. Um, we're the only ones that hide his light from us, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, um, I had gotten a lot of, you know, people commenting on that post that I made, you know, and, and, um, you know, it was almost like they were giving me sympathy and it's like, I didn't, I didn't want sympathy. You know, I wanted to shed light on, you know, one of the, one of the things that a, a good friend of mine here locally said to me uh, recently was, you know, when we, we as, as Christians, you know, we, we sometimes forget that God doesn't want to be our friend only when we need him. He wants to be our friend every day you know and and it doesn't take much time to be to be that friend you know i mean you you listen to podcasts you watch tv you you know you piddle around in the garage you do all these things and then you say oh, i just don't have time it's like no you're just not making time and all it takes is 10 or 15 or 20 minutes a day you know to to break out the you version of your Bible app or, you know, or the actual Bible or whatever, and spend five minutes reading scripture, five minutes praying and five minutes meditating on that, you know? And, and I think that's, that's where a lot of us just get so wrapped up in living in the world that we forget that, you know, there's, there's, there's a better way for us to, um, to share, you know, our emotional and spiritual burdens with, you know, that we're having every day in life and, and turn them over to a, to a higher power. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Frank just said something in the comments. I don't know if you can see him, uh, but he said that I'm not in the lowest part of my life that I'm pressing through faith. Uh, and I'm right where I need to be in my faith. You're right, Frank, to some extent. I am in the lowest part of my life. And what drives me crazy is, uh, and not you, Frank, but other people, but I'm always told, people always try to tell me, they say, well, God won't give you more than you. And and if people aren't saying it as you, because the people that have told me, they know what God's promise is. And so um, one of my Ranger friends, uh, Arnie Allen, he we had a long discussion the other day. And, and he says, you know, he won't give us more. He does give us more than we can handle. But for those of us who believe, it's because we lean on him. And it's also to make us grow. Yeah. And the Bible is full of men and women who had way more than they could have ever handled. But because Imagine they being nailed to a cross. <laughs> yeah. But because they trusted God so much they did extraordinary things. You know, I mean, Elijah prayed for it, not to rain. It didn't rain for three years. Uh, and then he prayed for it to rain. And if you live anywhere, if you've ever been to Texas, anybody who's ever been to Texas, 
knows that if it doesn't rain for two years and it, and, you, and you get a flood, it's not going to grow anything. It's just going to wash the mud away. And so, you know, Eliza prayed for rain and it, and, and the, the scripture tells us that, 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 that the, the land bore fruit. And so, um, our God is mighty. We just don't lean on him enough as a culture, as a people, even as Christians, you know, uh, like what you were saying earlier, we put God on a shelf in a box and we're like, Hey, um, I'm okay today. I feel good. You know, everything's fine. I, you know, I don't need you today. And then you, you know, you get in a car wreck and you're, and your legs half cut off and you're in the hospital and you're like, Oh God, please help me. You know? Well, if, if you can't praise him in the Valley, you're not going to praise him on the peak either. Well, it's just, you know, it's, um, it's kind of like, and I think you might have said it already that that if you're if you're too busy to listen, you know, when he's trying to tell you something, you know, or trying to give you guidance or whatever through prayer or scripture, that that you know, when when all of a sudden you're calling out to him in your you know darkest time of need, it's like, well, I was trying to tell you something before and you weren't listening to me and now here we are and it's not like not that god punished you or not that god let you get hurt but um but at the same time it's like you know i've i've called out to you you didn't answer my call yeah that's another thing too you know people uh sometimes in fact i said it on my last uh when i was i don't know one of the podcasts i'm sure is that people also say, especially uh, when people want to challenge your Christianity or, or your, you know, I mean, we're all Christians, right? Catholics, Methodists, Baptists, we're, we're all Christians. We um, all look at the same Bible. Yeah. <laughs> the same so, word. Yeah. So, so Christians uh, generally, you know, people say, well, you know, how does your God let bad things happen to good people? It's not that God lets bad things happen to us. It's that man has free will. Nobody put a gun to my son's head. He did it himself. He took his own life. Plain and simple. He used his own free will. Even though he was already saved, even though he was already baptized, even though he believed that God was the way to peace, he still had demons that he couldn't control. And and the only way he felt like he could end it was to end it. Yeah, to take things into his own hands, and and he and he chose free will, and and everything that I've read in the scripture tells me that he's with God, he's whole again. You know, God has healed him completely, even yeah. though he made a mistake at the end. He should have put more emphasis on God and less on himself. Um, that doesn't. Because the Bible doesn't say whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved if you never sin again. Doesn't say that. <laughs> so right, we're we're, and, and we're human great. beings. We're fallible, and 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 right. you know the, the 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 fact that we're imperfect, you know, is exactly why he saved us. Is because yes. we will always be imperfect, no matter yeah. what. Absolutely, until the end. And, I belong to a Sunday school group and we're, we're pretty, uh, in fact, I have, we had a banner made 
that says sin no more. And, and I believe wholeheartedly that the second that you surrender your life, the Bible says that we receive the Holy Spirit. So 1,000%, my wife hates that, so we'll, I'll adjust it. 100%, we have the tools that we need to not sin anymore. Our, but our, we, we make bad choices. Right. Our sin. goal, our goal, once you, once you take that salvation, our goal is that we, we should strive, you know, through free will, we should strive to make fewer and fewer and fewer mistakes. And even if you've made the same mistake two or three or four times, some of us <laughs> learn differently, <laughs> you know, school of hard knocks, um, you know, and, and it doesn't mean that you instantaneously become perfect um, just because you confess, you know, your sins and, and accept God as, as your savior. It doesn't change free will. Right. And, and, you know, God knew that because the Bible tells us that he's forgiven all the sins, our sins, what we're sinning, the sin that we're in and all our future sin. He covered us in his blood because he knew that we were going to make mistakes again and again, you know, and, and that's, and that's why it doesn't say um, that it, he, it, the Bible tells, teaches us that he paid for our sins. He came down in the flesh and he took our sin. So basically every person that's ever lived, everyone that's alive now and all the future people, our sin put him on that cross. Our sin is what took the last breath from him, but he covered us in his blood. And so the only thing that we have to do is surrender to his will. And, uh, and that's tough because for years I, I just checked boxes. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. It's tough because, you know, uh, because we have desires of our heart and, and our mind and, you know, and when, when, you know, you, you know, you're supposed to surrender to his will, but it's, it's also, God also tells us, ask for things of your heart, you know, ask of him the things that you heartfully, truly desire, you know, not things of the flesh, like I want a new car or I want a, you know, new house or, you know, whatever, a big screen TV. But, you know, if, if you, you know, if you're dealing with, with some sort of trial or tribulation in your life and you're like, God, you know, financially I'm, I'm struggling X, Y, Z. I, you know, I really, I really need your guidance and help on finding a, a more financially rewarding job or help me understand how to control my finances, whatever that desire is, you know, if it's a truly heartfelt desire that you're supposed to ask for that. And, and, and then it's up to him, you know, to, to say, you know, that it's his will or not. And, and the maybe Bible you want a job and he wants you to learn how to spend less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because we're people of the flesh, right? We, we tend to uh, lean more on uh, desires more. of the flesh instead of desires of the spirit. And so, you know, if we would just put a little more um, 
on the spirit and a little less on, well, the flesh, it's a good start. But, you know, like you were talking about, we, we try to sin less and less and less as we go. And that's part of being, that's part of the sanctification process, you know? I mean, I hope that 20 years from now, I'm not doing a fraction of, you know, the sin that I struggle with today. Uh, because that would, that would really stink if I, if I was just still, you know, in my sin and I'm not going to beat the Catholics up because I was, I got my, I got my faith because I'm a Catholic, you know, because I was raised Catholic, but Catholic gave me one really bad thing to me personally in my mind is like, well, I can do whatever I want. Cause all I got to do is go to confession on Sunday and I'm good. You know, <laughs> and so I, I use that me personally. I'm not saying the Catholic faith. I'm saying me personally, as a Catholic, I used that so that I could as justification go, so that you can go yeah, out and backslide. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I'm going to do whatever I want. Cause all I got to do is go to go to confession on Sunday and God's going to forgive me. And, and, know? and I had, yeah. And I had a, I had a, a problem with, with that aspect of it as well. And it's like, I don't, I don't need to go sit in a box and tell another man, you know, and confess my problems or my sins to another man or another human being when the relationship that I, I need is right here between me and him. And wow. it's a direct conversation. And I know people would say, you know, other Catholics have said to me, well, that's God's representative, you know, and, and that may, you know, through the, through the beliefs of the Catholic faith, that that's, that's fine. That's what you want. But I've always believed even when I was wholeheartedly going to church, you know, um, on a regular basis that I still always believed that it was a direct, I was on a direct phone call with him. Uh, we're all representatives. Every yeah. one of us who surrenders our life, we have a, we're grafted into the family, you know, and all it takes is two people who believe. Yeah. I, I don't have to, I don't have to, uh, you know, I can just, think it and he already knows my thoughts he knows what i'm gonna ask for the bible says that he knew me before the foundations of the earth so Everyone long knows. before people were even walking on this rock god already knew what i was gonna do with my life he knew where i was gonna fall he knew where i was gonna get up he knew what walls i was gonna run into and um but you know it's it uh it's one of those things that that that's why it's a relationship that each individual has with the father and and you have to you have to take the time to spend time with God. How do you do that? Well, you do it right here. Prayer and you meditation. Spend time in the word. Uh it's it's no different than than me going to my mom's and and sitting down at the table and talking to her. Uh, that's a relationship that I have with my mother, you know, yeah. same relationship I have with God. I, I, I get in the word every day, you know, and um, it's just been, uh, it's been kind of a whirlwind uh, to some extent uh, the last 30 days, but by the same token, it's opened up so many, um, I don't even know really how to explain it, but I guess you could say that more light has been opened up. Like maybe I had a filter 
I mean, the Bible says that the scales will fall from your eyes. And I believe that even though I had surrendered my life, I still had some kind of a filter, you know, and it uh-huh. seemed that that um, uh, or maybe uh, the better way to explain it is that in my time of need. You know, like footprints, God was carrying me. And so his light was brighter. I saw more of it. You know, I didn't let my myself or my flesh uh, block any of it. And so um, that's probably a better way of, of explaining that that relationship. But um, he's just been so amazing. And he brings people together who are like-minded, you know. Well, you know, I, cur- I curse social media a lot, a lot of times. And I, um, you know, I hate it. I, I, I it, it's just, to me, it's, it's a, it, it can be a bad medium. Um, and often too often it is, but on the times where, where you, you know, just like you, there's another friend of mine named Gary that lives up in the Midwest where I used to live before I moved to Florida. Um, it was a good friend of mine. Um, and, um, and, and he, was you know was very um very faithful and and very intellectual when it came to the bible and and prayers and 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 as i started going through some of the things i was going through emotionally after i'd gone through everything um just suddenly out of nowhere and i was like oh that's just so coincidental and then i thought for a minute like no it's not no it's not (laughs) It just, he was just, he had, I hadn't heard a peep from him in 10 years. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden he was there in my feed every day. Yeah. And, you know, I have another friend of mine that I was on recruiting duty with. He lives up in Jacksonville and, um, and, you know, I've stayed in touch with him over the years, but I probably haven't talked to him on the phone in five years, six years. You know, I've been planning to go see him in Jacksonville since I moved to Florida in 2013. I still haven't done it. And, um, but all of a sudden he's back in my life. He's a, he's a minister and, and, you know, had a, a long conversation with him the other day. And so it's just like, as soon as I start, as soon as I start walking in the light, I feel like I'm being pulled further into it. Um, just as much as when, um, and I talked to my friend Ben about this, is just as much as when, you know, when when you're walking in the world, um, <laughs> the devil doesn't feel like he's got to get a hold of you as much because you're already doing his deeds. But as soon as he feels you walking towards the light, that's when he gets his claws into you, his clutches into you, and he starts things start going wrong in your life because you're not you know, you're not staying on the right path and, or the closer you get to that path, the harder he's trying to pull you back. And, uh, and that's how I felt things were going in my life for, for a while. Yeah. That is so, so profound because um, one of the first things that we told JC's mom, when she told me and Connie that, that she prayed to receive Christ is we said, listen, you need to be in your Battle's word because he's coming for you. And, um, and he's going to come with both barrels 
and uh, there's going to be nothing you can do to get out of the way. So lean on God. That's it. You have got to lean on God. And uh, I say, he's going to make it miserable. And if he can't get you, he's going to get something close to you. He's going to get your job. He's going to get your, you know, he, that's what he does. And, uh, you know, Job's been teaching us the same thing for three, 4,000 years. Um, you know, the thing is, just like in the story of Job, is the devil doesn't have uh, the power that God does. He doesn't have the power to take our life. Uh, he can persuade us to do things that are sinful. But, you know, he knows how it ends. I don't care what version of the Bible you read. I don't care what translation you read. It's all the same. He loses in the end, and he's just going to try to wreak as much havoc as he can while he's here. And yep. if we don't let him in, he doesn't get a foothold. He can't win if we don't let him. But all too often, I think we let our guard down, you know, and well, we'll it's, the shiny, it's the shiny object, you know, it, mm. it's like, oh, look how pretty that is. And then behind it is the, is the, the darkness. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, well, brother, I, I'm so glad that, uh, that you posted the other day because, um, since all this has gone on with me, I've actually reached out to some of our other shipmates and I'm like, Hey, I know where you are, but you know, where are your kids? How are your kids? You know, and, uh, do they know the Lord, you know? And so, uh, he's definitely given me and my wife a boldness that we did not have before, um, to share his message during this difficult time. But, um, you know, I, I so much appreciate your prayers and, uh, and you're definitely in my prayers and, um, nothing happens by chance. So I'm not sure what God's going to do with either one of us, but he's going to do something because, uh, you know, there's no such thing as coincidence. And even though we may have known each other in a former life, unless things put us in a trajectory that put us both in the same spot the cross paths the, again. Yeah. Again, it wouldn't have happened on our own. And so, uh, God has purpose for that you know? And, uh, and again, I, I don't know, it may be for you. It may be for me. It may be for somebody. Neither one of us even knows. Um, uh, and, and that's what I love about what God keeps doing. You know, we, we keep getting messages from people that were at JC service and just like telling us how they felt the presence of God in the room. And, and that's so encouraging, you know, when, when you're leaning on God for everything right now, you know? And so, yeah. Um, and and to, to just play off of that last thing you just said about feeling the presence in the room, when I when not once in my younger years, not once when I was attending church as a Catholic, um, did I ever feel it. But immediately when I started going to that Methodist church, the, the, the pastor, the, the reverend there has just he has a way of of communicating God's word that draws you in. And I've never felt um, like I was where I was supposed to be as much as I did when I was in that, in, in that church and listening to, to the, the sermon and, and taking it all in. Isn't that such a wonderful feeling though, man? You just, I mean, there's just nothing like it to know that you're exactly where God wants you at that exact moment. It's yep. just an incredible feeling. Um, 
Well, listen, you and I are going to, are going to stay in touch more offline. Uh, and, uh, I've got you in my prayers, brother. And, um, you know, God's going to do some pretty amazing things in our lives. He just, um, we just got to get out of his way and let him do it. I hear you. I'm going to, I'm going to send the, uh, the podcast invite to, to my friend Gary and to my friend Ben and see if, you know, they, they want to jump in from time to time. Yeah, I will. I will keep you posted on that. And, uh, I do a different link every, every Fridays, but I'll, I'll send it to you ahead of time. And, um, uh, I think next week, if I, I try to have live guests in the, in the coffee shop, um, you know, as often as I can. And, uh, but occasionally I like to do a panel where I just throw out a link to everybody who wants to join in because, uh, you never know who's going to be available. And I, and I don't do it at the beginning of the week where everybody can plan their weeks because I feel like, you know, if I do it Wednesday or Thursday, um, God will lead the right person to the show that, that Friday for his purpose. Somebody needed to hear your story tonight, you know, and, and we have no idea who that is or, or what it's going to do for them. But, um, the, um, the fact that he leads us in a way, and if we're just obedient, man, the blessings that come from it, um, it's the only reason that I'm, that I'm screaming God from the mountaintops right now. Um, you know, it's the only reason. And so I, I definitely want you to, uh, you know, to return and I want you to, you know, get your friends on and, and, uh, you know, feel free to introduce us, uh, in a messenger group so we can all pray for each other. And, and, um, you know, God's just got all kinds of plans for us. We just got to keep being obedient. Yep. I agree. Well, brother, listen, I really appreciate your time. It's nice to talk to you and see you and, sure. you know, kind of semi-live, right? And so... Uh, um, we'll definitely have to connect offline. I don't know what your day-to-day work schedule is, but, um, you know, I work from home, so I, I have the luxury of sitting here all day, <laughs> you know, and I, and, and I have, you know, no physical location that I have to go to other than across my living room. <laughs> well, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> Well, listen, brother, uh, I'm going to put you uh, back in the green room and I'm going to close the show out and you and I will talk soon. All right. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Bye. Bye. So uh, I thought that was pretty uh, unique. Uh, A guy that I served in the Navy with 30 years ago, um, you know, stayed in touch with like two guys, maybe three guys, like constant contact. Uh, with John Grantham and and Scott Riley, and then and then uh, Mark Ortman off and on because he's not a social media guy. Uh, Mark was very close to me uh, for a long time and still is. I can still reach out and call him right now. Um, and uh, but what an amazing testament of what God does with any situation because His word never comes back voided, uh, and there's a purpose for it. And it doesn't matter if we know what it is because God's going to do something with it because his word never comes back voided. It's never wasted time. It's never useless. God has a purpose for everything. And, um, and I do believe that. And I believe that's why I'm standing here, you know, um, not rolled up in a bottle somewhere, not, not rolled up in a corner crying and, and not able to function, you know, 
and it, it's all because of God. And so if you don't know what that means, reach out to me, reach out to somebody that you know, who knows, you know, all you non-believers, you know who those Bible thumpers are that are your friends. Okay. Find one of them that really knows the scripture and, um, uh, ask them. And, and if you don't, you know, ask me. And if not, ask your pastor, ask your priest, ask your minister. Um, but tomorrow is not promised. So don't wait. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you surrender your life to Christ. Today is the day that you, John 3, 16, and you call on the name of the Lord. Today is the day that you call on the name of the Lord. And so um, I love you guys. As always, treat each other the way God intended us to treat one another with love, kindness, and respect. And I know we're going to be here next Friday. There may be something in between. I don't know. Uh, but we'll definitely see you next Friday. 1900 or 7 p.m. for those civilians, uh, Central Standard Time, right here on God Country Coffee. Love you guys. God bless. Have a great New Year's. Behave yourselves. I love you, and so does God. Good night.